This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are listening to the Blockade Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Shut Your Trap, a.k.a. Chris Freemus. Joining me as always, halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. <sighs> oh, do that one breath. Chris. How's it going? <laughs> I'm doing really good today. Thank you very much. It's really good. <laughs> Alrighty. Are we channeling our inner um, Dr. Dude just there? I think we were. <laughs> I, I don't know that I have ever needed to channel uh, Dr. Dude, but okay. <laughs> Achieve, achievement unlocked. Achievement. <laughs> were we in the mix master there? Um, mm. Hey, folks. Yep. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you once again for joining us each week as we do uh, when we get to it on a weekly basis, which is most of the time. So but most we appreciate time. it. Try and yeah. Keep it regular. yeah. We do try and keep it regular as such. So since last week, not much has gone on. <laughs> no, not much digital has gone on at all, really. Um, it's been a quiet, it's one of those sort of periods to come before the storm, I think, because. Yeah, right. Because the dropping it on, well, basically when this podcast drops, so will the new Jurassic Park tables for Zen. So look forward to us talking about that next week. Mm, then we'll have something to talk about for sure. And also by that time, uh, and I actually, I haven't checked this week because it seemed early and I hadn't seen anything in the uh, forum mentioning it, but uh, Bonsai Run will probably be in beta by that point too. So yeah, you might probably be able to. That. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're in that, we're in that, that lull of when there's not much which what does that mean that means we, uh we phone it in like a like a telecom worker oh no, that's not what it means <laughs> it means i go i go searching through the pinball arcade fans uh forum and see what's uh bugging people if anything and turns out i i stumbled across one uh this week oh did you well as we go through phases <laughs> in the pinball arcade fans threads uh basically you'll get periods of time where people are really happy with farsight and then those times will dissipate because it becomes a well hey what have you done for me lately mm. and if farsight hasn't done anything for them lately then the claws come out and people start groaning and moaning and this has been going on <laughs> since the dawn of the game basically it seems yeah. and well, since people like hey fans form was set up at least Right. And what winds up happening is, is you'll get some people that will get more and more perturbed because their particular issue isn't getting addressed. And what I've noticed is it becomes speaking in generalities, at which point it's now just white noise and I get frustrated with the white noise. And so this this week's white noise was people once again claiming, and this is if you want to follow along at all, it's in the table pack number 72 speculation thread. Uh, for those of you that don't go to first the uh, Pinball Arcade fans website, they as soon as the newest table is announced, they start speculating what the next table is going to be. And it becomes this kind of fun guessing game. And kind of it's also where kind of the wish list of, well, hey, here's what we're hoping, you know, drops and stuff like that. Uh, so I don't know how it got into this, but I think it also becomes a hey, so what new bugs are going to be introduced to the game and which table is not going to be playable this month and you know that stuff. Because legitimately, those things get introduced <laughs> each each release. Um, even, even unintentionally, because the platform's becoming complex now. It's a 10-year-old yeah. engine, and um, 
you know, it's it's starting to probably reveal certain parts of it that need to probably have a bit of extra work done to it. Right. So something that gets me uh, kind of riled up is when people do just go, oh, the game's terrible and, and it's unplayable. Care to well, be more specific? <laughs> right, because yeah, the, you, you just sound like you're groaning and moaning and it's about what? And I've seen this, the game is unplayable thing pop up time and time again. And I'm like, I've been playing this game since it was released. I've never had the game not be playable. I have had tables crash on me the majority of the time. That's always been during beta. Or in the case of, say, a Ripley's, where you went beyond the scoring that you should have gone beyond, and now it's having trouble keeping track of, of walls or whatever. Yeah, what, what's going on? And so then the table kind of frees up and... You know, I've had that issue before, but I've never had the game be just borked, not work. Cannot uh, load it, sort of broken. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I've, I've detailed the problems that I had with, obviously, with Ghostbusters, and it became apparent that it's an issue with my machine. It wasn't an issue with, uh, the, with game. the program itself, the game itself, other than not being efficiently written <laughs> so that it would work on my machine, but that's a whole nother, uh, like you said, 10-year-old engine. Mm. Um so anyway, I piped up and said, can we please stop with the rhetoric of something being unplayable? And well, they bit back and <laughs> they said, ah, but it is if you try to. And so I, I promised that I'd bring it up in the podcast uh, just to try and get the ears of Farsight, uh, get their attention and maybe, you know, highlight this. Uh, but this, this particular build, which is uh, 1.69.4, uh, in DX Steam, yeah. yeah, on Steam, uh, Elvira and the Party Monsters. You push start, the game freezes and crashes. You play Haunted House and push start, game freezes and crashes. Uh, and then you know, so and when I say crash, it's not the table just crashing; it's the whole game crashing. You got to exit out and restart the game. Right. Uh, and then apparently, and I'm, this is one I can't check myself, but uh, it says that uh, Ghostbusters have become uh, terrible with its stuttering frame rate. Uh, now this was on top of, you know, like they're also complaining about how say on road show, there is a horizontal line across the table. Uh, you know, where basically they were stitching the play field together. You might say, yeah, that's the kind of thing that some people will say, Oh, it's unplayable because there's, you know, a pixel line going across. (laughs) So that's what I was sure of was not, you know, so fine. That's still there, but obviously the game is very much playable. And, and I relate to things like that. Like if, a if a insert light isn't working or there's a graphical glitch, well, it's, you're playing on a crappy machine, (laughs) you know, out in the wild, you you found a table and unfortunately somebody didn't upkeep it and the paint is worn off and, uh, you know, certain flippers don't work or whatever. But anyway, yeah, but, exactly. Just uh, move on to the next machine. That's like, yeah, essentially but, uh, it's like saying, you know, oh, the, this one table is broken, so therefore the entire arcade is stuffed. Like, right. You know, you'll close the entire arcade because this game is not working. It's like, <laughs> well, really? Right. Or or because it's got a graphical glitch. Well, again, you know, I can still play the game, but obviously, if it is indeed as I I booted it up myself to try, and sure enough, yes, Elvira and Party Monsters, it crashed the whole game. Yeah, uh, that's like so. Yeah. Those are the kind of things that folks, 
you need to do exactly this. Yes, list what version of the game you're playing. List what system you're playing it on because there's problems that people have on PS4 that nobody else has. There's problems that people have on iOS that nobody else has. Yes. Uh, so you need to delineate what platform you're playing it on, what version of the game you're trying to play it on, and then, yes, please be as specific as possible in regards to what is happening so that other users can try it themselves and maybe get back and say, well, I'm not having a problem. You're having a problem. So then it becomes, is it a global problem or is it a you and your machine problem? And if it's a global problem, then obviously we can raise the flags, alert Farsight to it. You should be doing the same. You uh, uh, email Farsight. And I believe it's service at farsightstudios.com. I think it's support yeah. at Farsight. Or support, Studios. excuse me, support, yes. Um. So yeah, support at farsightstudios.com. Log your ticket of what's going on. This is how we get things fixed. Not by just going off on the rails and saying everything's borked, but by being very particular about what it is that is the issue so that they know to laser focus in on it. So one mm. of the things also that I noticed when I loaded up, or when I was getting ready to load Elvira up, and under the uh, high scores, the, uh, so the the... Start menu shows, and then it shows what the the highest score is or whatever on the table. Mm-hmm. It's I don't even think it's trillion. What's the next number after trillion? Uh, kajillion? A bajillion. A bajillion. <laughs> it's it's some absurdly many 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 zeroed number that come on, Farsight, please for the love of God, <laughs> can I mean this is painfully obvious? Can we fix the scores? Um, yeah. And and maybe. who knows? Maybe that's part of what's barking it. I don't know. Maybe I think we should have the same uh, similar sort of hashtag that Stern has for "Where's the code?" We should have a "Fix the scores" <laughs> <laughs> hashtag. Oh dear. The thing is with bug reporting, and you you really have summarized it pretty well. But there, if you don't know how to actually, if you're new to software and you want to actually do be a constructive community member and actually really help out then you can go on and and search on the internet for how to write a bug report and you'll get a lot of different good ways of doing it and don't do it in speculation thread and expect it to be answered go and do it in the platform specific thread that you are playing and then raise your bug in there in a clear thread so that um you can um get the attention it deserves and definitely follow up with support at um, farsight.com. Yeah. Um, so here's, that's it really. Here's, here's another issue uh, that saying uh, it's on black hole and that when starting multi-ball, the airlock remains closed. So balls drain from lower play field instead of entering main play field. And then it says the physics are broken too. drop targets, shoot the ball harder than any pop bumper. If a ball touches them and flippers oh, have yeah. crazy power too. <laughs> oh, that's been like that ever since the, the game was released. That's that's now a feature of the table. Um, <laughs> pop bumper drop targets are a feature of the table. It's <laughs> it's been a bug that long now that um there there I think the season one collision or not season one tuning on all the targets and everything that's completely stuffed. Like you'll see any table in season one that hasn't yeah. been redone and they all behave that way. It's just like, it's ridiculous. And see, this is one of those things too, where it's like, I rarely touch Black Hole. I never yeah. touch Haunted House. No. Um, I 
don't usually play Elvira and the Party Monsters. If I'm going to play Elvira, I typically play Scared Stiff. So, you know, we, we're we're verging on coming close to 100 tables. Mm. It is impossible to go through every table every month in beta to figure out what is working and what isn't. And not only that, it's not just a matter of loading up the table and seeing it loads, but doing specifically like with black hole. Well, if I never got multiball going on black hole, I would never know if there was an issue. And then on top of that, I better know all the rules of black hole to know what the proper behavior is. So yeah, exactly. It's this just... is where it, the, the game has become so massive. We are definitely entirely uh, dependent. And I'm saying we in the universal, we not we as in me and Jared work for Farsight because we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, but it, it needs the community's attention. That's the only way that these things are going to be caught because can you imagine if you were in QA and had to put in a true game, basically, so activate all the modes on a table before being able to move on to the next table and doing that for every single game before the game was actually officially released? No, it well, you wouldn't release games. That's the thing. <laughs> right. Like, it, they, just, they just wouldn't go out. So... That there's there's zero chance that you can actually do that because it's not something you can even script on a table or alternate or like you know continuous integration tests or anything. It is behavioral testing and observational testing, which is where we come in as players. Like we know not just not just pinball arcade fans, but in general the people who play the platform, we know how the game should play, and really it's up to us to actually help Farsight. Tame the beast, yeah. really. And to be fair, this is uh, obviously an issue with how Farsight software. I mean, <laughs> releasing a game shouldn't break previous games. That just shouldn't happen. Mm. And I don't, I don't have an excuse, an answer, or a reason for any of that. It is, it is kind of ridiculous, and uh, it obviously makes quality control that much more difficult when you don't have a a game stable enough, I guess. I don't know how you, I don't know what, I don't even know where you would start with that. I'm not a programmer, so I don't, uh, I just know what makes sense, you know, <laughs> of it, usually if you fix something or add something, it shouldn't break other things that you haven't yeah. touched. The problem is it comes down to the classic issue with software and that is technical debt. Um, they are probably harboring about 10 years of technical debt Yeah. Um, in their code base. And it's now really starting to make, progressively releasing a stable platform with minimal regressions, a challenge. So yeah. whenever any company gets to that point, they need to make a decision. How do we burn it down? We're doing it at the moment at Labrooks where I work. Like we've got the same problem in our code base and we slowly breaking down what they call the monolith into microservices and, and breaking down the product that way. But it's hard work and yeah. that's the problem. Like they are, on the monthly cycle of DLCs and they they don't have the time to dedicate an engineering team to go back through and rewrite their engine. Yeah. Which is essentially what they need to do. It's yeah. it's one of those cost things that cost too much. And at the point uh, at which it gets that bad, it's what's going to happen is it's going to prevent them from releasing. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that's not something that we can control. That's something that we can know about 
Yeah. And when things like this happen, that's what we have to attribute it to. And uh, look, I wouldn't like to be, I wouldn't like to be, I don't know who it would be at Farsight, when, probably not Norman, but the, um, the person in charge of development overarchingly. Yeah. Like that, that's a, that is a very big elephant to chew, basically. Well, I mean, we always point back to it. Zen has obviously chewed this element three times now. <laughs> they have, but they see that the thing is they've done it three times. Right. They, they would have actually detected, oh, yeah, okay, we're starting to get to the point now where we're uncomfortable with yeah. the amount of technical debt flowing around our platform. Let's spend three months, six months, arbitrary and time here, whatever they took them to right. do it, and get rid of the debt. So we're actually down to... Uh, a level of debt that we can feel comfortable about in our sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, it's it's software is hard. Um, so we need we need to, I guess, cut them a bit of slack because you know, what we're saying here about technical debt, what I'm saying here about technical debt, and suspected things with the code base, it's it's probably one of the many things that the the studio is trying to have to deal with at the moment. Yeah. Um, so. It is one factor in running a software business, um, but it it depends. It it can be a big factor or it can be a smaller factor, depending how you manage it. So fingers crossed that after the release of Bonsai Run, that we do indeed get uh, a gap month, and you know maybe hey, if <laughs> I always say if, and I think everybody has said this too, but Farsight, if you need to take longer, take longer. We'll we'll wait. So long as there is actual improvement happening to the game, nobody's going to complain that, oh, we didn't get a game this month. Um, well, look, we may not complain, but their bank balance will. Their bank balance will. That's true. And that, that's a problem. But you also have to then weigh the bank balance of, is this affecting your customers in terms of, and I always say this with the first impression, you might get a, a customer's first dollars, but will you get their next dollars? And their next dollars are what keeps you really alive especially when you've got this many seasons of tables out so if they only buy one season as a test to go well we'll see and then they go oh my god two of the tables don't work you know because they buy for one yeah two of the tables don't work and there's this weird scoring thing going on and the leaderboards aren't working well why would i want to buy the rest of the seasons yeah um, that's a valid point to make like it's uh if yeah, where is your ingress point into the platform? And if right. it's an early season, then chances are you're going to have a very different opinion of the platform than if you go and buy season eight. Um, right. You know. And unfortunately, there's a lot of really, really good tables in that first couple of seasons. And oh yeah, Are you kidding me? They're the they're the gold star the top tables. 10. The top yeah. 10s. And really, they're the ones that if you're going, they're, they're the ones that will bring people in. The ones yeah. that they're now playing in the arcades going, geez, I remember when I used to play these at home. And then they go and find it with these names mentioned in the in the description. They go, Yeah, sharp attack my money. I'm I'm spending what? Twenty bucks on this yeah. where I can play, you know, twenty credits on one of these games I've burned up in no time. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tough, right? So anyway, that's uh that's that little bit of <laughs> griping knowledge drop i don't know what have you but i said i would do it and so therefore i did it folks uh one of those things hopefully something will be done because of it yeah hopefully well chances are they probably will take a look at the table packs anyhow i think if everyone here opened up a support ticket with 
um, support at farsight.com or wherever the address is. Um, that will get their attention, but I dare say they probably already know about it anyhow. Um, but uh, that still shouldn't, if you really like those two tables and you're having trouble playing them, that's a really good motivation to send them an email. It doesn't take yeah. long. So get on and do it. Yep. It would be it'd be even better if they had a way of doing it in app. So if you know, send us a support message or something like that in app, that would oh, be even right. better. Right. You know, because then people wouldn't have to like hunt around for the support email. Um, or like you could do things in apps now, like you can have intercom and all these really amazing services that allow you to interact with your clients. And you know, it would be very interesting to like as a product manager, that's what I'd be looking at doing working out some feedback mechanism in the game that you could use. So, yeah. Anyhow. Anyhow. Uh, moving on. Uh, we played ET in survival mode in the Zen Pinball FX3 tournament this week. Mm -hmm. And I, after having spent time with ET, I can say I don't like ET. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, I, really it was that, you know, I, I, I played it, uh, you know, just kind of get first impressions and it didn't really do anything for me. But then once you're in, you know, playing it for a week and trying to do things, you start to, you know, okay, maybe I should look at the rules. Maybe I should do this. I don't like the flow of the game. I don't mm. like the shots that you have to make. Everything about it just to me is a struggle. And in survival mode, especially points do not come easy. Right. And so, so you're up against the clock as well as trying to make enough shots in time to score the points you need. There's no easy points on that table. Um, mm -mm. So, yeah, it's uh, don't care for it. <laughs> yeah, that won't be coming on the rotation list anytime soon. <laughs> Not particularly. No, I think I've had my fill and uh, that's going to be the end of it for me on that one. <laughs> well, fair enough. So what's the next one you're going to do? You know, I'm I'm de really debating. I've talked about doing this deep dive into a table uh, where we play it in all the modes and what would be something that would be deep dive worthy. And I keep on coming back to Moon Knight because it's just such a bizarre mm. table. And I remember a long time ago, I tried to learn it. And once I started getting the hang of it, I thought, oh, hey, this is pretty cool. but that was when I was playing on the PS3 and since then I've barely touched it and when I loaded it up recently in Steam I just went what the hell is going on with this table again I just had no clue what was going on it's so bizarre right but I don't know if it's a good table to pick either in terms of not a lot of people are going to own it no really you think um, it's not very popular well the table pack that it came with I believe it's Moon Knight and uh, Ghost Rider and Blade and maybe Wolverine. I can't remember if those are the four tables that were in that pack. Mm. But it's one of those packs that's just kind of like, eh, and, and it's earlier Zen. So you've the got physics a lot of the, are a bit wonky. Well, the physics, but also just the rules and the placement of mm. flippers. Everything's just kind of off. Weird. Um, yeah. So I I don't know, but I keep on I keep on coming back to thinking about, ah, but I think this is the table to do it on. So I don't know. We'll uh, just I'll, do it. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. Make it moon night. Yeah, just do it. Make it moon night. 
the, the, it's the only way you're going to be able to find out whether people have it or not or if they are interested. And it's a pretty cheap experiment. Let's be serious. So, so Zen, <laughs> if you if you suddenly see an uptick in purchases on whatever pack has Moon Knight in it, uh, you can set my cut over here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take my taste. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, beyond that, that's about all the digi pinball that I've messed around with. Well, I actually had some real pinball news to okay. um, talk about. So the the first bit is yesterday, Zach and I went to Netherworld and we participated in a, I guess you could call it a tournament. Um, it was pin golf. And oh, okay. um, it was real life pin golf. And the the format was really good. Of course, it was a, it was a full course of pin golf. So it was 18 holes. Um, so that meant nine pinball machines were in the mix with uh, two goals per machine. Um, and the way you had to do it was you you had to do the goals in order and you had to do them in an, a separate game. So, for example, if you on um, Twilight Zone uh, managed to start multi-ball and score 150 million, you had to do those two things separately on two games. Um, well, that's so, the way to get quarter drops. <laughs> well, it's okay because part of your entry fee was that you got 18 tokens. Oh, um, okay. So, so you got you got basically a bag of tokens. You got this pretty cool um, little pin, which for those of you who have been following me on Twitter, um, you will have seen already. But um, I will hold it up to the screen now if you would like to um, see. It's a little basically the monster playing golf with a pinball machine. This is my list of um, very uh, full card of all my little pins and medallions I got from Netherworld. So I'm starting to get a, a bit of a collection. Um, so you got that, you got, um, your scorecard, you got, um, uh, the 18 tokens and you got a drink. So it was about 30 bucks. Um, okay. so that's not bad because, you know, 18, $18, so a dollar a game basically. So 18 tokens and the rest is just like, you get one of those pins, which, you know, they're not cheap. They're really good quality. So, um, it was, it was pretty fair, the entry price. And, um, so unfortunately, um, we had a bit of a rough, a rough course. Um, uh, we had a lot of fours. So how it works is if you get um, the goal on the first ball, um, you get a hole in one, and then subsequently each ball gets you a lower ranking. So you get a hole in one, a um, eagle, a birdie, and then a um, bogey. Um, I think that's how golf works. I don't really know. Well, um, it'll be par. Oh yeah, that's right. You get par. So, um, so that was fun. The the goals, some of them were devilish. We have this uh, older Stern Electronics pinball machine called Stingray, and the goal, one of the goals in that was to get all five drop targets down in one ball. Um, the problem is that the drop targets reset when the ball drains, and the other problem is the drop targets are right near the out lane. So. <laughs> You can imagine what a drain monster that thing is when you're trying to shoot the the drop targets, and there were the the Walking Dead goals were really really tough as well. Sorry, my CGM's going off. Um, the Walking Dead goals were brutal. You had to one of them was start a multi kill mode, which I don't even know how to do, um, <laughs> and the other one was start bloodbath multi ball. Now bloodbath multi ball is really hard to start because 
on the left-hand side of The Walking Dead, you've got three drop targets. Yeah. And the value that you select on the drop target cycles um, each time. So um, what you have to do is not only do you have to get the drop targets down and aim carefully, but you have to get it when the light that you want to actually achieve is lit. No, so definitely. it's so hard. It's such a no one. I think everyone was getting power fours on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was really, really brutal. Um, but there was some other fun challenges, like uh, I think on Demolition Man, you had to start Acmag and capture Simon in the same ball. So basically that's two shots up to the crane and select those two modes. And the other one on that one was start multi-ball um, in one ball. And of course, there's a bit of a trick with that where you can lock freeze on that game uh, and then use the light lock um, crane award to actually start multi-ball automatically. So that's a quick way of doing that one. So it was really fun. It actually took Zach and I a fair while to be able to do it. So yeah, it was a four hours um, duration and um, there were lots and lots of people there, um, which is pretty typical on the weekend of Netherworld because it's a popular place. Um, and one of the biggest draw cards, of course, was the fact they have dialed in on the floor. Oh, um, dialed in. Oh, geez. What a good game. What a good game. You've played this before, right? I played it, yeah, when I was up in uh, uh, Portland. Oh, I, I made there's something about that game, man. It's just, it's a narrow body, but it feels like a wide. Like there's so much going on in it. Well, do you get what I say with, I the other two Jersey Jack tables that I've played were being uh, Lord of the Rings and, or excuse me, The Hobbit, the Hobbit. <laughs> and uh, Wizard of Oz. I felt that the wide body Wide body is hard to design for, and yeah. hard and and wide bodies never play fast, or they don't feel no. like they play fast. They're very slow tables, and I don't, I just don't care for either of those two offerings that they did. Dialed in, it's a Pat Lawler, and you can tell it's a Pat Lawler. Oh, can you ever? Jeez. But there's a like, bazillion things going on that also just you and they just recently uh, Jersey Jack did. They posted on Twitter the what they call their rule tree for dialed in rule tree rule tree and so it was a diagram of you know go here start this if you start this then from here you can get this you know and and it broke it down and i tweeted back i said hey here's an idea how about if you hold the right flipper that pops up on the screen yeah <laughs> with a with like grayed out where you currently are you know in the progress of doing this because it when you see the 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 tree, if not incredibly complex, but in order to complete one branch, there might be eight things that you have to do. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of steps to get to certain areas, but it's not like it's this massively convoluted, you know, it's not ACDC. Um, right. So it's definitely a game, though, that you got to be able to hear the audio on oh and i couldn't because number one yeah. i had zach there and number two like it, it was just it was nuts i want to go there like some weekday at 12 o'clock with my headphones and just dial in to that yeah. pinball machine because the there is a lot of audio clues given oh, is there? oh uh, a ton and okay. my game improved vastly once i plugged in <laughs> and so okay. I'll have to take. I'll have to talk to Netherworld about making sure the volume, that just the ambient volume, is up loud enough on that game. 
in that case yeah. because everyone like it's pretty rough that it was actually in ping golf because this would be pretty much the first time anyone had seen the game because it had only been on box this week and oh, it's wow. like oh yeah now it's in ping golf it's it's pretty much reminds me of the wizard you know the movie the wizard where yep. they had to play that sight unseen game that no one's ever really played before <laughs> it's like right. come on guys like the <laughs> the goal was um complete a mode and get a sim card how how do you even do that <laughs> right i don't even know how to start a mode let alone complete yeah, one <laughs> exactly it's like how do we even get that and then the other one was start a multi-ball which seemed i, I managed to light lock at some point but shooting up that ramp or i just was having a lot of trouble getting it up that side ramp yeah. to actually lock the balls and i was going oh wow this is like a punishment but it was a really fun punishment <laughs> i actually started on one of the games, it wasn't score based. It wasn't a score based challenge, of course. So I just went, well, I'm going to do the classic thing you do in pinball is and just shoot the flashing things, right? Because that's a, that's generally a good strategy to do. And by shooting the flashing things, I got 130 thousand on it. So mm -hmm. that seems fine. Um, Which is, I was going to say, in you know, this is Jersey Jack pin scoring, so 130 thousand is pretty dang good. It's um, is it's nothing to be sneezed. When you're when your average score of playing and not knowing what you're doing on that table, will, exactly 25 yeah. 30,000. It's so, pretty normal. Yeah. So I was you, I was happy with that performance. Did the, did the machine take snapshots of you while you were playing? No, I didn't. Enter oh, selfie you mode. didn't get selfie mode. No, no, I didn't get selfie mode. I was totally um, unprepared for selfie mode, so I didn't know to pose for the camera. <laughs> well, I may have got selfie mode, but I couldn't hear a thing. So oh. I wouldn't have known that selfie mode was even going um, because it was that loud in there. Gotcha. Um, so, but it was, I this man, that game, it just, everything about it flows. Well. I could see why it won that many awards this year because from a game that when it was announced, everyone was going, oh, it's a mobile phone game. Like, what's right. going on, guys? So when you actually play it and stand in front of it and interact with it, you go, I can see why this is $14,000 worth. Like th this is worth every cent of that. Um, so, well, and this yeah. is, this is the, it's that grand experiment of this is the first non-licensed uh, pin to come mm -hmm. out. Who knows how long, right? Yeah. And there was that big question of, well, is anybody going to latch onto it? But, Damn, if they didn't nail the art and didn't oh, get the style that draws you in. When you're standing there over the table, it draws you in. And then once you start playing it, you start recognizing little little lollerisms. There's there's mm -hmm. Bob and uh, you, know. you know his secret hideaway. And you know, uh -huh. boy, this sure it's, does seem like a well. Is that a whirlwind coming through here? And yeah, you know, it's it's got so many homages to the other pinball machines he's yes. done. I love it. It's it's basically a pinball a pinball geek's wet dream. Basically, this game, um, it's fantastic. So I have a uh, I had a thought, and this again goes back to me trolling the threads, uh, seeing what was new. But uh, there was an idea of, hey, how about this next season? Is nothing but System Eleven tables for pinball arcades, since none of them are licensed, or I shouldn't say none of them, most of them. I think there's only two that are carry any sort Roller. of a license. Roller games being one. Roller games being one, and I forget what the other one was, but uh, very loose light licensing, uh, but. Beyond that, there's still like 11 other tables that could be done. And so what I said was system 11 machines to me are the equivalent of when you're at the end of, say, like when the PlayStation 3 was at the end of its cycle, you got some 
phenomenal AAA titles that seemed mm-hmm. like they were squeezing out every last bit of juice that that system could handle. And so you got these just phenomenal play, phenomenal looks. Everything was just clicking on all cylinders. And then the PS4 comes out, and the first titles that come out for it, you know, they might have some new shiny bells and whistles that weren't being able to, you wouldn't have been able to play on the PS3. But beyond that, the gameplay itself, uh, the rule sets are almost a step backwards. Yeah. Um, Like they've been given too much and they don't know what to do with it. And so they've lost their focus and it just kind of goes scattershot. So I kind of felt that that was the way when, you know, your first DMD games came out that the, there was nothing innovative going on immediately because they were so focused on the DMD that they forgot to focus on the actual the play field, play field yeah. and, and flipping. And then eventually, you know, things got a lot better. And then uh, obviously Williams goes away and Stern comes in and tries, <laughs> but there was some, yeah. you know, it, it was that that's where you all of a sudden, Oh gee, look, it's the slot machine. LED lights again, you know, on, on a, on a play field. And, you know, you're trying, you're really trying to force something. And it took a, a little while before Stern finally got up and on, you know, got their feet underneath them and, and started producing much, much, much better tables. And I feel that we're at the mm-hmm. same cycle now with them going to these screens instead of the DMD where they're putting all their focus on the screen. And there's been a sacrifice in the gameplay to go along with it. And yep that I'm wondering when exactly are we turning that corner? Cause I feel that dialed in was a turn of the corner for JJP. I'll be really mm. curious to see with their pirates, of the Caribbean table and how that is. But yeah. unfortunately we're back to a wide body with that, I believe. So yeah, but they need a wide body for that. That's basically like five people pushing the one that game. <laughs> so yeah, see, they need a wide body. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that you need the wide body or not. Um, I think it's special circumstances, but if they want to do nothing but white bodies, fine, have at it. Mm. Maybe at some point they'll, they'll figure out how to make him a little more fun. Uh, But I'm wondering with Stern, I feel that they're going. And I, I, and I mainly say this based off of playing guardians and playing star Wars, where so much of it was about selecting your modes and your characters up on the screen rather than concentrating on what's actually going on on the table itself. It's really interesting because at Netherworld, they've got dialed in right next to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And it, it honestly just makes Star Wars look like something from the 90s. It, it, I, can't, I can't say anything else about it. I'm sorry, yeah. not Star Wars, Batman 66. Batman 66, like, yeah. it, It's just like, uh, are these from the same like, like decade? Um, yeah. it's unbelievable. Even for the same half decade, they they just don't look anything alike. So, yeah, just well, you got to remember, Batman sixty six is just basically a reskin of Dark Knight. Dark Knight with mm-hmm. the LED or the with the uh, the monitor thrown on top. Yeah, and you could you, it absolutely screams that when you put it up next to something that actually yeah. is more accomplished. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean the. Uh, to Stern's credit, the rule set and how that game plays is far better than when Netherworld first got that table. It was basically mm-hmm. just a, a horrible thing to play, but it's actually quite enjoyable now. Um, that being said, though, dialed in within the first five minutes of me playing it, 
had more stuff going on than <laughs> that thing had in the first nine months. And ago. made you want to play it again. Oh yeah, I, I a, just yeah. If it was if it wasn't a pin golf machine yesterday, I'd just be sitting on it all day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, they might as well just pay my my pay packet into that machine for the yeah. first you know, couple of weeks because that's where it'll be going. So yeah, I'll be going back there for sure um, when I'm in the office next week. So there's that, and then um, a bit of a project update. If um, if oh, you'll yeah. indulge, if you'll indulge me, so um, I at the point now where I verithane the playfield once, and mm -hmm. I think we covered last episode that I realised that it was actually a um, an a, a oil based oil based um, verithane. So what I decided to do, I've been doing a lot of research on paints and how you can actually use different types of paints together. And the evidence I've seen to date suggests that providing you let your paints cure for long enough, you can use anything over anything and providing you actually provide a surface to key into. So the, the key with paint is if you try and like, for example, lay down a oil-based coat and then quickly thereafter lay down a water-based coat, they're going to react. Um, the reason is they skin over and they basically build up, um, the, the gases can't escape, so they bubble and all that sort of stuff. But if you let them cure for long enough and you treat the surface well, you can get away with it. So okay. I think what I'm gonna do, it's been sitting there now for a week, um, most of the, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and most of the smell, like you can still, if you put your nose right up to the play field and you smell it, yes, you can still smell the fact that it's got some painty smell to it. But like, if you walk into the room, you don't get that odor mm -hmm. that you get with oil based paint. You don't get the um, volatile organic compound, the VOC smell um, that you get. Um, so I think now's the time for me to actually get that with a bit of sandpaper, sand it down with probably 1,200 grit sandpaper and see where I'm at. And right. I think I don't, I actually was speaking to someone at um, Netherworld yesterday who was telling me about that, that stingray that was on the floor there has a fair bit of playfield wear. So the owner will be taking it away and getting it clear coated. And he was saying that he was actually thinking of getting the playfield touched up as well. But he said to do that would actually be prohibitively expensive through this oh. guy who does it. Because, like, it, it, you've got to, like, free, well, you know, you've got to frisk yeah. it everything off. And yeah. it takes a lot of hours to do it right. And he just doesn't know, he doesn't have the time to do that, nor the expertise. And the guy was saying, look, unless you are very, very good at playful touch up, and unless you um, uh, have a, a pinball play field that is, low enough in graphical complexity that you can mask it off. Like we're talking EMs in that era of game, which are very sort of clear in the way they actually structure their play fields. Um, it's going to be very hard for you to get a good result on the play field. So it might just be better to lock it in and leave it at that. Um, and I went, yeah, I think I'm almost leaning towards that with um, Star Race. There's a few areas now that have a bit of rub off on them. Um, I'm almost going, do I go to the trouble of doing it? Because if I do it wrong, it's going to look rubbish. Um, and 
even if I do it right, there's probably going to be a color mismatch because really the only way you're going to get the right color is to mix the colors yourself. Yeah. And you know, that's not something I'm really great at. So what I think I can achieve, though, is redoing the white and underneath all the inserts. I think that's something that's within my wheelhouse to be able to achieve. Sure. Um, so I'll give that a go because that's that's pretty, that's just one solid color. And that, I think that'll be fine. I'll do that. Um, and maybe um, in the areas where the black has rubbed off a bit, I might look at doing the black because, again, solid color. But if there's any art rub off where there's, like, patterns or stuff like that, it's like, no, I'm, yeah. I'm not going there. I just don't feel comfortable doing it. And I'm going to be doing it with Verithane and I'm not going to be doing it with Tupac. So... I think it, it's to the point now where I where I'm comfortable with the level of restoration I'm wanting to do on it. Yeah. Because I don't want to I don't want to be that guy that then you know sells this table or gets rid of it down the track and goes and then the next owner goes oh I'd like to restore this pavement goes what has this guy done to this thing <laughs> you know, what horrors has he done to this playfield I'm now going to have to try and like you know like work around so you know that with with my firepower. Uh, I mean, that's obviously right where I was for a long time with, you know, what do I do? Do I, do I ruin it if I do this? But everybody on pin side was just like, well, why don't you just buy the CPR playfield? Like, well, because the CPR playfield costs more than what I paid for the pin itself. Yeah. Um, but that also made me realize that anybody that wants a restored firepower is going to go that route. They're not they're going just, to. They're just going to do it. Yeah. yeah. They're not, they're not going to repaint or do anything of this. So it is entirely me doing what I'm comfortable with. And so I am just kind of using this as a uh, project, a project, see what I'm capable of. And I pretty much already know what I'm capable of. So whenever I buy a future pinball machine, it's going to be in a lot better shape than what, yeah. what these You're have exactly been. Exactly right. <laughs> so, yeah, totally agree. And I think that's, that's the same for me too. I know now what I'm comfortable doing. I'm, yeah, totally fine with getting all the all the you know the mylar and adhesive off but yes when we're looking at when we're looking at doing a full playfield restoration restoration i'm cutting i'm drawing the line in the sand where i just i just re verithane to get that surface back on it again yeah then most likely just leave it there and yep. um and that's fine by me yep now uh, hey folks, we're gonna we're gonna get to wrapping it up, which you know us that means talking for a little bit more. But still, uh, we're gonna yeah. get we're gonna get the business out of the way, which is hey, have you dropped us an email anytime soon? We know you haven't because we haven't gotten any. Uh, right. but if you want to, go ahead and do it. It's blah blah blockade at gmail dot com, and by doing that, you can point us in the direction of whatever you would like us to discuss in future uh, podcasts. We can answer questions or address comments, whatever. Oh, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Blockade. There you will get updates and uh, whatever likes we do, links to other uh, tweets that uh, we care about for the week. Mm. You can also follow us individually. I am at Shut Your Trap. He is at Jared Morg. Morgs, excuse me, Jared Morgs. at Jared Morgs. Um, <laughs> And then, of course, there is the newly refreshed website, which is blockadepinball.com slash episodes. Yep. If you would go over there, you'll notice that I uh, continue to drop movie reviews. 
and I have just dropped my movie review of Black Panther, so it is there for you all to check out. Uh, mm, short, have to go and check that out. Yeah, you know, I, I made a point with with that particular review that it doesn't matter what anybody says, you're going to either go see it because you want to see it, or you have no interest in Marvel movies, and therefore you're not going to go see it. Mm. But it does come about. I had just reviewed uh, Maze Runner: The Death Cure and just <laughs> shat all over it. Yeah, you saved me a lot of time. Yes, and some of the very reasons that I uh, disliked that are the very reasons why I like Black Panther. And the main thing is, it is a completely self-contained movie. It is not dependent. It is not dependent on you having seen any of the other Marvel movies. Um, I love those because I'm well and truly bankrupt from that perspective. Yeah, and and anything that was from a previous Marvel movie, they do enough of an update to get you up to speed so that you're uh, familiar with who the characters are and why they're in the situation they are. And it's not until if you stick around all the way past the very end credits to the, you know, final 90 seconds of screen time before you get up and out of your seat. That's the only time where there's a direct reference to any of the other Marvel movies where you'd go, huh? If you didn't know who the uh, character is that, uh, that they're ah, referring to. So okay. that's why I say it's a completely self, yeah, it's a completely self-contained movie um, that can live and die entirely on its own. And I really appreciated uh, that aspect of it. So why don't you go ahead over to our uh, site there and uh, read up on that. I will. I will. I've actually been finding your reviews very interesting. Um, so I would recommend if you haven't been um, checking out Chris's reviews on on the site, go and check them out because they they might end up saving you a whole lot of waste of time with movies <laughs> that you might not have seen yet, and and yeah, that you really shouldn't be investing anything in whatsoever. <laughs> so yes, well, I'm also, I, I I'm also finally caught up for the most part on the backlog of movies. And so now I'll be current with whatever's coming out. I'll be, uh, you know, going and seeing cause I've kind of, uh, gotten everything else out of the, uh, out of the way. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's, okay. uh, that. All right. Uh, do we have any other business to cover? I don't think so. I think we're all done for the week. Well, how about that? All right, folks, we'll be back next week. Obviously, again, we'll be talking about uh, the Jurassic Park tables on Pinball FX3, and hopefully we'll have uh, something to mention about Bonsai Run. So until then, thanks for listening. See you later. All right, bye-bye. WizardAmusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com. Sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blarcade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball.